This is The Witcher Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're back talking about The Witcher Blood Origin, Episode 2 of Dreams, Defiance, and Desperate Deeds. Fuel and the Lark were spotted in Galeth. I've stationed troops south of there. Won't be long. I've heard this bleating before. You incompetent. They're alone. They won't last long. And if they do, two warriors who overcame all obstacles, stacked against them, bound together by destiny, etc., etc., there's enough of a seed there to grow a powerful story that the peasants can latch onto. A story beyond our control. Stories can be put down with steel. History is littered with fools who believe the very same. Control a story, control the world. Put them to clay. Welcome back, fellow Witchers. This is our chat about the second episode of The Witcher, Blood Origins, episode two of Dreams, Defiance and Desperate Deeds. I'm one of your hosts, Derek, again. Hello there, fellow witches. Welcome back. I am one of your other hosts, John. And I am Chris, asking, what happened to episode 1.5 with of C, C, and more C? Like, <laughs> we, we jumped straight from B to D. I yeah. don't get it. No, yeah. no. Maybe it's just every second letter of the alphabet they're doing. I'm looking forward. To, <laughs> I'm looking forward to all the Fs. There you go. <laughs> episode three. There you go. We'll, we will see uh, when we get to episode three. Uh, yeah, just a short break there uh, between our first episode and second episode. I'm going to let everybody in the secret. Uh, the reason why we're having breaks is because I can't say blood origins without saying blood oranges uh, it's just <laughs> going into my head so i keep having to edit it out and re-record so uh, i gave myself a little break uh, to get my head around origins um but yes into into the second episode uh hope you've watched this episode we're going to go spoiler filled of course as we always do uh, into the second episode of the show uh, the show of course is based on the book series by andres sapkowski and the game series from cd project red uh, showrunner Declan Damara and executive producer lauren smith hisrich uh, this episode was directed by vicky juicen again uh, director of the movie close starring numi rapace and also the co- co-director of episode one as well Yes, very good. And the episode was written by Alex Meenhan and Alan stewart Ann. Alex was an executive story editor on Moon Knight last year, which we covered on the podcast very right good. here. And he co-wrote episode four. Excellent. Yeah, so another yeah. Uh, a Moon Knight alum uh, over here for uh, for the Netflix show. Kind of cool. Yeah. And Aaron wrote an episode of the recent Guillermo del Toro's anthology horror series, Cabinet of Curiosities as well. So uh, also a Netflix writer. Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're very much into they they pulled from known quantities mm-hmm. for this and we're seeing that more and more as we get deeper each year. Yeah. Anything Netflix in our kind of wheelhouse, they, they a lot of there's a lot of crossover kind of cross pollination because when they find good talent, they're like, okay, we'll keep you. You're interested in some fantasy here. Go do some fantasy project. Yeah. Oh, you want some horror? Come over and write this really well-known horror kind of stories. Exactly. Um, exactly. It's, it's almost like the old studio system with uh, with Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. The only one they haven't cracked is superheroes. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of it. Like, they, 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 they have yet to do that. They've yeah. yet to crack. I am, I'm assuming that's 2025. Maybe, maybe. With the, maybe. the try with the Defenders, of course. Um, that's where we got our first start on uh, on Netflix shows was back with the Defenders. So yeah, um, but yeah. I I was more going Miller World. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, they well, still think they true. did one, they did one show mm-hmm. uh, that walked away. Yeah, which we also walked away before podcasting yeah. on that one as well. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yes, but at least they know the world of The Witcher really well and been doing uh, lots and lots of stuff in The Witcher with uh, with the original uh, two series of The Witcher, two more to come at least, and the uh, animated show, and now four episode seasons of uh, of Blood Origin as well. Yes. So they know this world well. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the second episode of Blood Origin? Sure. The band of three, Isla, Fjall, and Skian, formulate a plan to obtain coin to raise cellsores to take their fight to the Golden Empire. On breaking and entering a bank to rob, they find the coffers empty and that they are surrounded by soldiers of the new empire who are hunting them. As they defend their position, they fight back the soldiers, but Skian is seriously injured, and the soldiers try a new tactic to smoke them out of the bank. They manage to escape, but Skian's condition is deteriorating, and they have picked up a tail from the town. After searching for herbs to heal Skian's wound, they return to find a man standing over her. He's called Callan, and with his butcher blades is known as Brother Death. He has no love for the new army of the Golden Empire and joins them in their quest, telling them of a healer, Zachary, in the Marsh of the Mists, who can aid Skin, and the band of three becomes four. Meanwhile, a young dwarf named Meldoff, with her trusty warhammer named Gwen, is on a mission to track down an army sergeant, Talisum the One-Eye, who has been using and abusing other female dwarves. Meldoff and Gwen catch up with Talisman, who loses more than his other eye. In Zintreya, the puppet Empress Merwin plots to retake control away from Balor. She enlists the mage Avala to be her protector after he saved her from an assassination attempt, and also to be her eyes and ears around court. Heading out into the city under disguise, Merwin discovers some juicy information on Captain Eredin that she uses to offer him a proposal to overthrow Balor. Elsewhere, still insecure about his lowborn status, Balor returns to the power within the monolith with two child sacrifices. But the energy that Balor is given is only fleeting, a mere taste of the chaos magic. He is told by the Force that to truly obtain the full power of this magic will require true sacrifice, not tokens. Isla, Fjol, and Callan arrive at the healers with Skian, where she is healed to full health. While there, they also discover the mage Sindril, who managed to escape his imprisonment at the hands of Balor by using the monoliths to travel between different points across the continent. The group realise they can enter the palace at Zintreya and destroy the Master Monolith by travelling between them. The band of four becomes six. As they use the monolith to transport to Zintreya, things do not go as smoothly as they had hoped. The band are confused as to why there are now two moons in the sky, and why a beautiful aquatic flower is in fact a fierce monster chasing them down. Netflix ending. I love ending. I just loved how the lark is kind of just lo- looking at this beautiful flower coming out of the water. Mm-hmm. The next thing is this monster. It's like, get the monolith open. We need to escape here. Yeah. It's really it was good. The, I was literally waiting for the don't touch that dial. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 
Now playing in 30 seconds, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. We we are obviously not going to talk about episode three. We're just going to talk about episode two uh, with our major big moments that we want to talk about from the episode. I want to talk about the introduction of Meldoff, uh, the dwarf with her hammer, um, Gwen. I love this. Yeah, absolutely. This, this, this was like a standout character, standout <laughs> performance. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Wait, what? Huh? Yeah. And it was just progressively got better and better and better yeah. as we saw her throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I like her. I, I, I could, I could do with this characterization more yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely i just i just really enjoy her uh, arriving at the brothel to try and find this um i guess evil man that she's been looking for the army sergeant uh Talisum, the one eye um trying to find him at the brothel and i kind of like the uh, the guy at the door um who's an elf saying effectively everybody here hates hates dwarves people inside are uh all drunk uh all high all have weapons and they hate dwarves even more than I do. So you want to, you want to get out of here. Um, but she doesn't take the hint. Uh, it goes in through a window and we have a wonderful comedy moment almost as she hacks and slashes her way through the building. Uh, you see bodies flying out of, uh, out of windows as she goes through. And then you realize even though she's killed everybody in there, she still hasn't found her target as well. So, uh, just comes out covered head to toe in blood talking to, uh, talking to her hammer, Gwen. Um, so, but we do learn the reason behind it is much more serious. Gwen was, uh, her one true love that was, uh, that was taken, uh, and killed by, uh, by Talisum, um, which is why she's on the way and why she's named her hammer Gwen as well. So, um, that was quite interesting when we finally see the, uh, the dead yes. one eyed Talisum and, uh, written in his entrails and blood on the wall is is what he's done he's a rapist and murderer uh, and she's finally gotten the prize so uh so it's interesting is that we have we heard in the first episode she's going to be one of the seven um but we don't have any interaction between her and any of the other uh members of this crew that we've seen build up uh throughout these two episodes so no, i think the narrator even says she's on her own mission mm-hmm. at the moment yeah. um so i i that was I, I liked it, you know, getting introduced to the character, but it is just a bit separate. And yeah. it's like, to your point from the first episode, Chris, it's you get some backstory yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of her here. And, um, you know, some some meaty, something meaty to sort of hold on to, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly um, it, it, it's kind of more rounded than, say, um, Brother Death. Or, or Callum, <laughs> uh, who just kind of pops up and he's like surprise <laughs> yeah exactly oh i i'm a big bad surly man yeah. they killed my village i'm going on an adventure exactly. it's like people you were so close <laughs> anyway that, sorry continue sorry no but that's that's literally <laughs> my point it's kind of just the treatment of the two characters yeah. is the thing that's slightly jarring here yeah. um but because Callum does look cool i like Mm -hmm. the the butcher sort of um hatchets i i like you know brother death it's kind of like okay (laughs) it's pretty full-on name yeah so it must have a reputation but um you know all we really um kind of get in this moment is that you know he joins them because he's no uh, you know, he's no fan of this new empire who effectively came and burned his town down, um, and knows a healer, uh, in the Marsh of the Mists that can save the injured, uh, skiing. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, I guess it's just the treatment of the two. Mm-hmm. It's a little sort of bit of a contrast, really. And yet, yeah. 
I, I would have really liked if Callan had gotten the same treatment as Meldoff, to mm-hmm. be honest, um, because that was just so cool. Yeah, yeah. But but also in the same way, we have the introduction of, as you say, the mages. Um, you know, Sindral, we we knew from the first episode, but we don't really know anything at all about the other uh, the other mage that's introduced here, do we? Um, just that she's really good at curing. Um, and a celestial twin, which we yes. just learned about like three minutes earlier. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So on Meldorf, I I absolutely loved her introduction. It's like she she was a character I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. The only qualm I have is I would have liked to see the the five minute pre- preceding her killing the guy who killed Gwen. Right. Basically, we got this really funny, cool scene, and she's off to try and find him again. Mm-hmm. And then it's cut to she found him; he's already dead. Yeah. You don't get that part. You don't get his death or speech or anything. We just get her writing the entrails, the rapist and murderer. Mm-hmm. But you get that nice monologue where she's talking about Gwen to Gwen. Yeah. And you're like, that was cool. And it rounded out the character. But then we get Brother Death. And it was literally like, oh, Scary Man following. Like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. We're going to see. He's going to stalk them for a while. We're going to get some cat and mouse. And he's just there. And then he's like, I'm no friend of them either. They burned a village that took me in. Oh, God. People like you need to. Yeah. This is not network television, and this is my problem with this episode, and we're going to get more into it, and I'm going to discuss it very quickly in a second, because I don't want to take all of your point there. But That's like, right. This is an hour. This is not network TV. Mm-hmm. They could have made each of these an hour and one hour and one minute. Right. Given us an extra 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and you could have given some extra time to each of these, just even five minutes more to each of these scenes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two minutes more. You would have got it. But all of these episodes seemingly are like 43, 42. Like, they're all short enough. Mm. I think the first episode is the longest at 50-something. 50, 50 mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting choice. Yeah, no, Like, it is. when you don't have that... T- when when it, you know you have a limited series, mm-hmm. you know you've got four episodes. Why not go for that hour mark where everyone else goes for that hour mark? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. When you have that choice. But... They're doing leaps and bounds in narrative storytelling throughout this episode. Yeah. But there's no payoff. Except except for Meldorf, where you get mm-hmm. like the the oh why who is Gwen? Like yeah. there's a payoff there. Yeah. I and I, I think the Lark and I think Fial probably have that payoff as well to mm-hmm. some extent. But yeah. and, uh, and Skian, because she's played by Michelle Yeoh, has that presence where you're kind of going, I don't really need a backstory to her. I know she's kick-ass. I know she, <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. she has that history with the other characters. And that's kind of all you need from her. But I know what you mean when you're bringing in three other characters who are all joining up with the group. I guess we may get that in the next episode, of course. That's, that's always the thing to hold out for when, exactly. when you don't get your intro to each character. Because it could feel like... Each episode is an intro, yeah. and as we mentioned before, if it was an eight-episode season, you would probably have one episode to introduce each character and then a big battle at the end. Uh, so you may just get a setting around the campfire yeah. uh, flashback to story of, of what's happened with Callan and, and the other two. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is with Callan, at the first instance of seeing him sort of looking over the village where they'd just done the bank robbery Mm -hmm. i actually thought he was the guy from the first episode who was in the bar that they were in he he looks over and they've gone and so i thought yes this is a tale he's hunting them because of the reward Mm -hmm. and, and all that so i immediately thought it was him 
and it but may still it was be, him. It that was, was him. Okay, grand. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe you know, is that the introduction? <laughs> but it's just like blink and you'll miss it. But I mean, yeah. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. like, you think with a a name like Brother Death, the butcher be knives. Yeah. I was like. Cool. We're gonna get like he used to be a butcher, and then they killed his family, yeah. and then he became Brother Death. There you go, Chris. and goes exactly. after them. <laughs> and now they killed his village, so he's bringing the death to them. There you go, one That's brother a at a time. Like it writes itself <laughs> yeah. in a flashback. That's very like, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, exactly. So I mean, it was a shame because yeah, Meldoff. Um, I just loved this. It was, yeah. you know, that's mm-hmm. that's short storytelling and giving an awful lot, but really meaningful. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Callan, in a sense, didn't get that same treatment, yeah. um, which maybe you'll get in episode three. Absolutely. So and and also the, the benefit of Meldoff's story is that we haven't really seen dwarves in this world. We haven't yeah. seen how they're treated by other people. So seeing her and the way that she's treated by the brothel and, her, and what he's saying the elves and how they would treat uh, Meldoff if if she's seen inside that gives more context of another another group uh, within this world which is totally overrun by elves my god the budget for uh, for pointy ears this year with uh, with rigs of power and this must be just massive <laughs> I'd say if you'd gotten into that gig in New Zealand for uh-huh. Peter Jackson's you're now a multi-millionaire it's like making Elven ears. You're printing yeah. pointy money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that was my that was my big moment for the uh, the introduction of of Meldoff. Uh, Chris, how about you? What's your what's your big moment from the episode? Perfect. I am going to take a positive and negative. I'm going to talk about a bank job goes awry. So this bank job at the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. is bloody cool. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The fight scene. The, the style they shot it in, the, the, the use of slow-mo, and it's not even, it's, it's almost not even slow-mo. It's like, I think like 0.75 speed. Right. It's like not just, it's not like half speed. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of like, they, they, I don't know how to describe it. It's very much like a John Wick as well. Like right. they, they just slow down a portion of the time lapse. Yeah. It's like focused filming. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. it. Like fantastically, like they they go form up like a phalanx. They 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 use that training, and Shian is perfect in that um, kind of mentor role, telling them what to do. And mm-hmm. then you get the lark, like getting emotional and kind of breaking formation. And it's a fun like couple of minutes where you get all this blood and guts, and you're like, oh my god, this is really great. And I have to admit, I really enjoy this. When it shines with the battles and mm-hmm. this, they, it really shines. Like yeah. the, 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 it's that same level of choreography where we got in Witcher season one, mm-hmm. where you see Geralt fighting the, with his swords in the middle of the, the village. Mm-hmm. Like it's that just kind of guttural kind of very much violent. No, I wouldn't say violent, but it's not just com- violent for the sake of violent. It's much more kind of, Visceral. Mm-hmm. There we are. Probably a better term. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed this, and I really enjoyed that. Like, and that's my kind of the positive to this bank job part. Mm-hmm. We kind of tar- started getting into it, but the negative for me was the um, seeing getting uh, injured 
and kind of almost dying. Mm-hmm. And we don't have enough empathy or con- emotional connection to this character. Yeah. Except that it's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Like, that's my, they, they skipped the shorthand where she was kind of fine. And then all of a sudden she's on death door and dying. Mm-hmm. And like, she has to be saved in the next five minutes or she's going to be forever. And they, you're like, okay, I'm to care why aside from that. I know this actress and I know she's one of the, the set. Mm-hmm. Like it just, they unfortunately skipped the beats to where you really need to connect with this character a bit yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, and it was just used as so, it's terrible. It's used as a plot device. Yeah. And I just, it wasn't earned. Yeah. And that was my problem I with mean, this. I, I think as well, though, I think the character is standoffish. You know, she is this mm-hmm. kind of teacher. So, I mean, even just that fight in the first episode. So, I don't know to what extent you need, or they are, have built a character here that will have a lot of empathy because it, it's mm-hmm. very much, she's an instructor um, and very much sees herself as that. But I'm totally with you on what you're saying because I just didn't feel it needed to go as far as that. I mean, ultimately, it's a plot device to get to the healer and yeah. ultimately uh, come across uh, the the two mages that we um, we hear about um, right at the start of episode one. Yeah. So I'm totally with you on it. Um, I'm not entirely sure we're going to necessarily get a lot to be empathetic with with mm-hmm. Michelle. Uh, Yo's character because I just feel the nature of that character is this, you know, headmistress, standoffish instructor type mm-hmm. thing. But I think you're totally right. Even with that, you know, she's an integral part of this band. So you know, she's not going to die yeah. in this moment. Yeah. And, um, and I think they did it better with, even though I didn't quite understand how a man, so from the first episode with the ambush, I didn't quite understand how a man who had an axe thrown into his back was still able to then wound Fiol right at the end. But the idea that they are picking up wounds mm-hmm. yeah. makes sense to me because otherwise it's like, well, they're indestructible. Yeah. You know, the opposite becomes the case where it's like, well, we know there's no danger here. And mm-hmm. um, here it possibly just didn't need to be quite as severe. I mean, in the end, the... You know, the blade was poisoned. And yeah, so yeah. It, it rapidly, you know, went from her walking fine with some aid to like, yeah, literally looking like death's door. Yeah. So, um, but I think the injury in and of itself grand because yeah, they're, it's brutal fight scenes. So getting an injury is good, but yeah, I'm totally. It served the purpose simply to get to the healers, and that was it, really. And that's where you run into that problem of of quick storytelling, Mm. because it needs to do that because you've got effectively, you know, eighty six minutes left after this episode. You know, from no, but I mean, from a pure technical and storytelling point of view. That is the case. You yeah. know, there is... I don't I don't mind plot devices at all. It's just when you can feel the plot device while you're yeah, watching exactly. the episode. Exactly. That's, 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 that's right. the problem. Like, if Callan had come in and saved them when they were doing the bank job, if he'd, if he'd come to their aid there and gotten injured and to help him out or to reward him for helping them out, they took him to the healers, then 
that would be your plot device where you wouldn't feel Agreed. it. Agreed. Whereas yeah. here, I think I audibly said when I watched it, well, they're not going to kill Michelle Yeoh. That's why most people are tuning into this show that may not have watched The Witcher before. This is Michelle Yeoh. She's, everybody loves her. They're watching the show for her. There's no way she's only got three scenes and this is actually a cameo. Um, it's yep. been set up in the first episode that there's going to be seven of them. So, uh, you can't take out Michelle Yeoh. She was listed in that number. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it just felt like, I'm watching a plot device to get us together with the rest of the troop. So uh, I totally, totally agree with you guys. I, I think for me, it would have felt more natural as we had already seen Fial kind of looking at his wound from mm-hmm. he received in, uh, in episode one. Yeah. You saw him treating it later in the episode. Mm-hmm. That could have been the, the, the reason to go to the healer. Yeah. And it would have been yeah. more natural because then you could see like, at the beginning of the episode, he's already holding it and it looks like it has a few black tendrils. Mm-hmm. And then after the battle, because his heart rate's up, it's like it's spread through his system even more. Yeah. That's how you kind of weave it naturally into that story that's already <laughs> happened. But it would have been, I mean, as I say, how a man with a massive axe <laughs> out of his back. <laughs> And had no spinal injury whatsoever. <laughs> was able to sort of lift up and do a cheeky uh, sort slash. Of slash to the side of uh, Fjol's body. I'm still not entirely sure I understand that. But maybe that's the way that we're going. He's yeah. the one that needs to get to the healer. And in the end, they decided to do... Um, uh, skin, yeah. She but. she actually had COVID in this way. Like, do you know what? She already looks like death. Let's just put her in the corner and leave her standing there. Yeah, you look great, honey. Don't worry. We're gonna we're just gonna film you on death store. Okay, that's your COVID boss back on everyone. <laughs> could be. It could be. Um, so look, that's overall look. I I enjoyed really enjoyed the fight scenes where mm-hmm. this this episode excels. Yeah. At that kind of conflict in the battle and the choreography. Yeah. And then my downside is, and the, where it goes awry is just the, the narrative leaps it's taking and the choices. And I was just like, oof. Yeah. Okay. We first learned about celestial twins. Mm-hmm. And then we heard about them a second time, a couple of seconds later. And we know now they're a bit magical extra. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it is really hard to take notes on fight sequences because you're watching them and going, this is a really good fight sequence. My only note about this is um, the final three guards uh, lock them in, set fire to the place, and they escape through the dwarf's hole. And I remember watching <laughs> the scene, though, so I know that didn't mean what I think it means when I've written it down here. Um, but, but, but that actually, that was actually a funny scene, though, where you see, like, where's the back door? This is a bank. There is none. And then yeah, you see the yeah. dwarf escape, and you're like, God damn it. It's like, yeah. yeah it, it was. I even yeah. like the fact that they got that all the vaults were empty because mm-hmm. with the coup, all the all the savers had just taken all their money out of the bank because they were worried something was going to happen <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah. And I really did think that was quite funny that they did escape through uh, through the hole that the dwarf had, had gone out through because he seemed to kind of stick up the two fingers at them after telling them there's only one way in and one way out and then was like, well, except for this way that I've got. Right here, right there, yeah, 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 really good stuff. Um, speaking of celestial twins, do you guys know who your celestial twins are? Any celestial twins? Anybody born on your birthday? Same day, same time? Anywhere else? Uh, I have a same day, not yeah. same time. Who's okay. your same day? Joe. Ah, yes, yes. A different year, though. A friend. Oh, you friend. mean it's exactly the same? Yeah, same day. Oh, well, no. No, yeah. I don't. There will be someone somewhere. I've got an interesting one. Go same on. day. Same day. Same year. Same city, but other side of the city. Andrew Scott. 
Hot Priest from Fleabag and Moriarty Ooh. from uh, Sherlock. Andrew Scott is my. Uh, it would be my celestial twin. How cool is that? That's, That's cool. definitely good. Cool. I've got um, Kendrick Lamar. I've got <laughs> Barry Manilow. <laughs> Interesting. Barry Manilow well, not, not born the same, same year, year though. Not Chris. born the same year. Okay, hold on. Let me check the year. Or how going old by are you, Chris? Uh, <laughs> you look pretty year. well for fifty-seven or Thank eighty-seven. You. I, I'm trying. Yeah. Absolutely no one celebrity-wise. There's yep. probably a load of other people born on my birthday, mm-hmm. and we're we're a celestial twin because we're that powerful together. We're the Wonder Twins when our powers combine, <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, but no. I mean, no one I've really ever heard of. Right. Um, so no, just means they haven't become famous yet. That's all it is. You'll yet. You'll, you'll meet them exactly. at some point. I'm the famous one. That's the difference. There you go. <laughs> I'm exactly. the famous that they all go to and go. Oh yeah, no, that, that Chris Jones. It's Chris it. Jones from TV Podcast Industries. He's born on yeah. my birthday. Yes. That's yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough of that detour. Um, that was uh, your uh, big moment for the episode, Chris. Uh, John, yes. how about yourself? What's your big moment for episode two? I guess my point is uh, Zakari um, and Sindral, mm. uh, the two mages. They're, yeah. you know, being um, five and six of this band now, just one more to collect uh, before mm-hmm. you get a free gift. Um, so, <laughs> they, I mean, I kind of, I'm glad that the band has pretty much got together yeah. um, sort of halfway through, just um, meld off uh, to sort of come into that fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I think a bit like with Callan, uh, Brother Death. I mean, with Zakair, other than she's a healer, okay, you know, good trait to have. Yep. Um, I like pretty, uh, the Marsh of Mists. And, and, and RPGs and in, uh, exactly. in D&D, isn't it? You always have um, to have your healing mage with you. I love the the Marsh of the Mists, mm-hmm. sort of the, the revelations that both uh, Fuel and um, uh, the Lark have to go through mm-hmm. uh, to... To make it across, you know, we, we hear Callan say, you know, just keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, don't get distracted. Um, yeah, but, but, he, but he also says if he'd warned them about it, they wouldn't have been able to fight them back as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. But it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's more with, you know, we have the two mages here and I don't know. I just, I felt as though it wasn't big enough either, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm hoping we get some more. I mean, even with Sindral, we we know that he was imprisoned by uh Baylor. Um we know that he's managed to escape that imprisonment. Again, it'd be good just to have seen a bit of that escape, seeing him moving uh between the monoliths, this mm. this travel function that they've got, which uh, Ballard isn't aware of yet. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like the idea of like seeing a scene where where Ballard is telling him, you know, okay, right, do some more study on the monoliths, and then he just walks into one and disappears, you know, or just walks past one and yeah. disappears. I kind of like yeah. that that but, idea, and is gone forever. Like we we've seen travel through the monoliths in um in season two of The Witcher, didn't we? We saw. Um, Yennefer yes. travel through yeah. one, yeah. as far as I remember, um, been a year now. Uh, but uh, so we have we have seen this, so now we're seeing how that all started effectively. But yeah. but it's even that you know I guess if this was longer, you're not even seeing the the moment where Balo has been told that effectively his mage that is telling him mm-hmm. doing all the calculations has effectively escaped. Yeah, so we don't get any sense that there's something awry there and 
I, I really we just see Bala having, you know, a pretty relaxing um, spa treatment with his <laughs> chief of, of staff. So it didn't feel kind of connected. Mm-hmm. It was just suddenly Sindra was there. And yes, there was an explanation, but actually the payoff really was was more with that final part where mm-hmm. he travels to a new world, mm-hmm. one in which there is monsters that begin to attack them uh, yeah. despite camouflaging themselves as beautiful aquatic plants yeah. and with the two moons. That, to me, was the payoff, not sort of seeing some kind of, um, you know, a frenzy of activity mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and an anxious uh, balor and then maybe coming to it, you know? So yeah. it's just suddenly he popped up there and mm-hmm. I was like... Oh, hi, what are you doing here? Okay, he gives us this explanation. And then I guess with Zakaya, um, we just need to get to know her yes. more. Yeah. And yeah. I guess, as you say, then the Celestial Twins uh, element mm-hmm. to this, which we see Balor using um, for his sacrifice. Um, yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing, whether these two mages will become the true sacrifice yes. that this entity is is looking for. Um, that would be not yeah. surprising. No, exactly. <laughs> well, well, almost like it's written in the stars. It, it, <laughs> it, it is, but I mean, initially, my kind of thoughts went to Bala's like, second-in-command. Like, it almost... The, 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 the lady that's with him. Oh, yeah. Because I thought she, I was a hundred percent that literally when he said, I require more, he turned around. I, I was I expecting was to say, him to turn yeah. around and go, okay. It here feels, you go. It, it feels to me, you know, she's like, you know, the, the blue bloke you see next to the emperor in Star Wars all the time. But I mean, I still don't really know the name mm. that kind of follows the emperor around. It's like his, PA effectively. Okay. <laughs> um I guess all all dark uh dictators need a PA. Yeah, so uh, you do. Do you know how hard it is to run an empire by yourself when you are a dark dictator? So it, you have so much exactly. darkness dictating. You need a, someone just to help you kind of be that assistant to bring it all together. So, so you in, need to bounce your ideas off somebody else. You so know? initially that greater sacrifice, I thought it was going to be her because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have that moment where he's confiding in her. So he, he trusts her. Yeah. Um, it's like there's something more than just being a PA there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we see that you know there needs to be a true sacrifice. So I'm guessing these two mages um, better be careful um, yep. around uh, <laughs> whose company they keep, especially Balor's. Well, Balor's. Um, well Sindral is the key to everything. Like if it wasn't yeah. for Sindral, then Balor wouldn't have gotten the power, wouldn't have gotten access to this. And you know, is the big moment here is that he's trying to get this chaos magic. He's trying to take that and infuse himself with the chaos magic. So. Yeah, you you would assume that he's effectively going to have to give up the work that Sindral could potentially give in the future in order to get the chaos magic, you know. So yeah. that that's what I think is is the the big sacrifice. Uh, either you can keep Sindral, he can keep exploring what's happening in the monoliths and learn how to do everything, or you toss him in the hole and get the power for yourself, basically. So uh, that's what that's where it feels like. Yeah, it's going. no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, to me, this just felt a little bit mm-hmm. flat. But it's all kind of intertwined with a bit with what Chris was saying around with 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 skin because mm-hmm. um, it it's just you know 
the healer puts the hand on and she's fine. You know, it's yep. hunky dory. You know, there's, there's, there's no, um, there's no danger there mm-hmm. in that sense. So it all kind of melded a bit into that really. And as I say, for me, the whole payoff was the, the mess up on the traveling between the monoliths. And it was almost to a comedic effect for yeah. me. And I, I thought that was really good. But again, I think Sindril and Zakair along with Callan just, they just need a bit more flesh on the bone and I, i'm guessing we'll get that in episode three and so I, in some ways i'm guessing for me i just need to see what episode three brings for yeah. for these three you know members of this seven yeah. you know this yeah. epic seven yeah they certainly don't have the ability that you would have in other longer form shows to tell those side stories if they don't need to these are other characters coming on, but I will give them a little bit more credit than you're giving them because what we really learned from this moment here is how the hell seven people are going to take down an entire empire full of warriors. The big moment of revelation here is there is a master monolith, and if you destroy the master monolith, that ends the power that Balor has. So there, there is a little bit more of yes. a revelation yeah. to their them there. But yes, you're right. You don't get enough of the character. We've we've said that uh, yeah. said that with some of the other characters in this episode. So uh, I'm, I, I am hoping we'll learn a bit more about them, um, especially because if they're going to be the big sacrifice, then you're going to need to need to feel why they yeah. should become a sacrifice. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that is a, that is a big moment. At least we know. Right. Okay, we've got six people here. A seventh on the way. And all they need to do is get to that uh, that one big black button in the center of uh, of the city of Zentrea and smash it, and then that's the end of uh, of the power of the bad guys. Like that's it. That's a good thing to know by the end of your second episode yeah. of four, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like literally they have to get they have to go on a journey down a small corridor mm-hmm. and get a small exhaust pipe in this big massive station that will blow up the whole thing. Exactly, and they'll win the day. Yeah. And they're a small team. A that, like, tale as old as it's tigers. a plot that works in everything. Star Wars <laughs> and Witcher. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any other notes or points about the episode? Um, yes, for me, just uh, Merwin's uh, new protector, Avila, uh, the mage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved this character. Again, a bit of comedic element here with, uh, you know, asking him to be her protector mm-hmm. when, in fact... I didn't really know what I was doing. It just happened. Yeah. And then I want you to be... Which is exactly my... why you should be my protector. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's like, I want you to be my spy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, I'm going to die. It was just the whole notion. It was like, oh, God, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But I just loved how uh, the the actor just made him so nervy mm-hmm. so i really like the introduction of this character absolutely and uh, I like as merwin's protector yeah and i like the twist from merwin where she's basically saying well you're gonna die anyway because they know now that you're in my protector and that means they're gonna kill you first and then they're <laughs> yeah. gonna kill me yeah. so you might as well be my spy anyway because you're gonna die exactly. one way or the other i uh, also love his introduction with his real name of, of Crevin aspan ape quavon maka most people call me Avalok. Uh, yeah. No wonder. <laughs> so I uh, thought that was really good as well. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and also finding um, the, the 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 chief of the guard, Eridan, uh, and his his lover, mm-hmm. and that Merwin actually didn't need her spy that she just recruited because she found that out all by all herself. All by herself, yes. Um, but puts 
um, a proposal to him uh, around overthrowing uh, Balor, uh, a new beginning. I loved um, Captain Eridan saying it's either a new beginning or a quick end. That was a nice little phrase. Yes, that was a nice little twist uh, for uh, Captain Eridan's character. Great to see Nathaniel Curtis in here as well from uh, from the excellent It's a Sin. Great to yeah. see uh, great to see him back uh, in another good show as well. So. Uh, Excited to see what happens yeah. uh, between the two of them. I love that uh, that the offer there from Merwin is that he can become part of uh, the the upper echelon of society. We hear a lot throughout these two episodes about the lowborns versus the higher yeah. society of elves. So once again, a character that's from the lowborn uh, shouldn't be involved in the upper class effectively, and that's the offer on the table from Merwin that uh, that maybe we can get him installed. You can have the right to marry uh, the person that you love. And as long as you're on my side against Baylor. So uh, another good uh, thread for her story, too. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, I like that the Empress is becoming more Machiavellian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a, a twist I did not seeing, see in her. I thought they were what was going to happen, that they were going to kind of do the redemption at the end where she mm. didn't know oh no she didn't know it was going to get so bad she just wanted to make things like she was brought along uh, but now we see that she's actually now trying to get out from the thumb she's going to become worse mm-hmm. she is going to become the thing that she despises by all means because her whole thing is that the two comets that are in the sky that are currently bypassing and were last seen the last time all this happened. Yeah. The, the prophecy spoke of it. So therefore it is prophesized again because it has to be because it's written in the stars. Um, yeah. I like that bit. But then when you do see her basically threaten the, the general and his lover, mm-hmm. um, but also kind of not and kind of, well, wouldn't you like not like that he can be? It's you very can be with him, aggressive. and you're like, yeah. ooh, yeah. that 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 you went dark quickly, yeah. like it just exactly. left turn from innocence into um, darkness very quick. Yeah, it's not a threat if he goes along and does what he what she asks him to do, though, is it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Nice, a nice passive aggressive uh, action there from her. Uh, yeah. Also, an interesting twist um, on what's happening with uh, Baylor asking for the death of. Uh, of Fial and uh, of Ayla, um send everybody down to it because as you mentioned before that ends the story and that story could develop hope for other people interesting twist with Merwin looking to uh, to have Fial brought back to her alive to sire her child because yeah. she needs an heir yeah. um, so effectively the captain is between both of them he's the one in, in charge of the armies and the armies are being told to go out and, and, uh, and slaughter uh, Fial or Save Fial and bring him back safely. So uh, let's hope they have a good uh, a good system of ravens to yeah. get these the correct message to well, the leaders it. in the army. And of course, Baylor does threaten the captain as well if he doesn't mm-hmm. dispatch these two quickly. Yes. And um, whilst, so I, I guess uh, Captain Eridan let off a little cheeky fart in the spa there. So I guess a few <laughs> bubbles was raised up and <laughs> broke the surface. Um, because yeah, Baylor was um suddenly just said, you know, you won't survive if mm-hmm. if this isn't done again because don't want a hopeful story uh, making the rounds. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and finally, just for me before we move on and kind of close up for the episode, that just want to talk about the scenes in the mist. Mm-hmm. Those scenes were amazing. They were like Fjall's kind of 
the the hallucinations where he he moves from seeing his brother uh, and the death of his brother. The brother's like half hanging um, off yeah, shoulder yeah. Mm-hmm. to then him having intercourse with the, the princess. And then she starts crying and like bleeding black ooze all over him mm-hmm. and drowns him. I was like, and then he falls into the, I was like, that's some proper, like you could turn some of that into horror yeah. scenes. Yeah. And if they had ever like, extended those and made that the whole episode, I was just like, I'm really into that. And when the lark scene having to burn the history of her, her first kill per mm-hmm. se, essentially yeah. where she burned these people alive the elves, yeah. for the death. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, these, just really want to just kind of give that that was a really nice touch mm-hmm. and especially some of the like the design if you want to call it of those scenes yeah yeah really good really good stuff so overall john what did you think of the episode again i really enjoyed it i'd give it um three and a half monoliths out of five mm. um I, I think to me um it's more just having introduced three of the seven protagonists here mm-hmm. i would really effectively four uh you know with with meldoff as well mm-hmm. i love the meldoff uh introduction yep. even though she's not joined the group yet and um, i think the ones unfortunately that did join the group just needed some more something more in their introduction whether it was like meldoff gets in this episode mm-hmm. maybe you know, Callum could have gotten more in the first episode. And then we, you know, again, we may get this in episode three. Yeah. Uh, really hoping so. And I think I'd probably adjust uh, my score here. But I loved uh, Meldoff. I loved the bank attack. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the yeah, the visions in, in the marshes. Yeah. There was some really good kind of comedy moments here for me around Avalak, um mm-hmm. as well as with the end <laughs> um i really just enjoyed those but again it's still really strong for me i'm just enjoying this world i'm enjoying this group of characters and mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's to the point where i want a bit more context around callan and the the two uh mages and I'm liking the intricacies coming in in uh, Zentrea into the city mm-hmm. with Merwin's new protector, but also just, you know, I certainly was not expecting them to suddenly have Captain Eridan with his lover and that that whole section. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the politics behind this, this, as you say, Merwin effectively growing some nails to, yeah. to start scratching. Um, you know, she's not happy with the lot that she got from yeah. this coup. Uh, so I thought that was really good. Um, so yeah, uh, really enjoying this. I'm really looking forward to the third episode as well. So, uh, three and a half monoliths, monoliths, <laughs> monoliths. Good stuff. Have yourself, Chris. <laughs> what did you think of, uh, this episode? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of 50, 50, mm-hmm. uh, on, on this one, unfortunately. Um, it's, we're jumping A to B, we're jumping A to B to C to D, but unfortunately they're skipping B's mm. and D's. And we're like, we just literally went every in between letter is missing and the plot point. Um, like central getting out just didn't get that. 
Like we like I literally all it would have taken is a thirty second scene where a man running from a jail cell and touching a, a yeah the monolith and then disappearing. Mm, yeah. That's all it would have taken. But it's just where they're they're making narrative leaps which every now and again when I look back at it Yeah. I'm it just takes back it takes me back out. Whereas when I'm in it, I'm like, okay, it's not bad. Oh, oh, that's a really cool fight scene. Or, oh my God, that scene where she walks her through the, the, the brothel and beats everyone up. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, they're running away from a monster. The first ever monster. Or the first ever monster they've seen. Yeah. Not the, the one, the, the flying one from episode one. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy the parts that we see. It's the parts that are missing that kind of just makes me question why they're missing. Mm. Um, and again, we're two episodes into the out of the four. Maybe we get three and four, and it starts to kind of meld it together. Where we talk, maybe we get the the more details on the celestial twins. I'm not holding hope, unfortunately, okay. because I was kind of like, oh, they they mentioned celestial twins. Oh, they mentioned again. Okay, now we just make they they're expecting us to connect the dots on the sacrifice. There you go. Um, I hope I'm not that's not the case. Yeah, I know these guys have a lot more skill. Then sometimes they're showing, so I'm hoping maybe it's editing floor or they were told that they had to cut from an hour to 40-something minutes. Mm-hmm. or There's something more to this. Who knows? I'm just hoping by the end of the four episodes, I'm like, do you know what? It The whole is better than the sum of the parts. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hoping. It told a good, cohesive story, A to Z. Um, we still got to Z right. It's just every that second of that missing letter just kind of is it just slightly starting to kind of wane on me and rub me the wrong way. Right, right. But Derek, what about yourself? Well, as as you know, our uh, our fellow witchers uh, who are listening along with us have already probably seen uh, the other two episodes. So uh, I know they always love our speculation about what the show is going yeah. to be uh, going to be leaving out when they've already seen <laughs> the future episodes. So I'm not going to be as harsh on it. I do believe they have introduced a lot of characters in the first two episodes and still uh, given us a really big story of what's going on particularly in this elven society what's what's going on behind the scenes of everything over there is also as important as what's going on with our seven so i think we're probably are going to have a bit of a breather uh, to get to know the other characters as they get to know each other in the next episode so uh, while not every character is going to have the same central treatment every episode that we got from uh from fial and and uh and Ila in the first episode um I can I can imagine that we have time to do that in the next two episodes. They've they've yeah. uh, come up with their mission. Uh, I think that, I think that means we uh, we sh- will get to know a bit more about them uh, in the next episode. And you know what I do like about this episode, as I said, is knowing that mission of cracking the master um, monolith is what they have to do, and knowing what happens in the continent and up to the next twelve hundred years. I'm not too sure whether that plan was the greatest of plans. <laughs> uh, you know, we've just seen our first monster uh, in this in the continent coming out of the monolith um, that they're about to go and destroy. And so I'm presuming this plan of destroying the monolith is going to lead to the conjunction of spheres uh, that we know about. So um, it, I, I like that the plan's there. I have a feeling it's not going to go as well as they think it's going to go, which is always a good place to, to go within a, a four-episode series. So. <gasps> Yeah. Oh my god, do you imagine if Mini Driver is actually the floating ball of energy? There you go. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that would be a cool reveal at the end. If that's what they do, I'd be like, oh, she's actually like the bad one, and Yaskir's story like is gonna feed her power. Or oh, there you go. There you go. It could be another another theory uh, that our fellow witchers uh, might already know about. about. (laughs) (laughs) Fellow witchers, if you want to send in any feedback to us, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Two more episodes to go. Uh, Those episodes will be later on this week. Uh, We're gonna give a little bit of break between the. These two and those two episodes, so you can get in some feedback to us uh, during your holidays over the holiday period. Uh, hope you're enjoying spending some time with us over Christmas. Yes, and hope you're spending some time with your family, with us, with your friends, with your Doctor Who specials, yes. with your catching up on your TV shows, oh, with your films, you and everything in between. Breaking my heart, Chris. No Doctor Who special this year. What? We're off air till off air till uh, till next year. Crazy. Yeah. Oh crazy, my crazy. god. Yeah. I did not know that and you've just ruined my day. So we've just got we've just got the four episodes of The Witcher here this year for the uh, for the the Christmas special. <laughs> well, yes. at least Netflix can schedule programs. There you go. They know how to yeah. do it. They know how to do it. Turn them on on Christmas Day. Uh, but there is loads and loads more to come from TV Podcast Industries. Obviously, the other two episodes of The Witcher. We will be returning to um, our animated Star Wars show, The Bad Batch, at the start of January. A uh, new release date for that is the uh, 4th of January um, for the first three episodes of uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. So we'll be out with that in the next couple of days um, as you're hearing this. And also, we will, of course, be doing our year-end wrap-up and look forward to 2023, talking about all the shows we're going to be covering so uh, come join us uh, on on the main podcast on tvpodcastindustries.com. Yes. With that said and done, thank you so much for joining us for the first two episodes discussion. If you'd like what you've heard and you're joining us for the very first time, welcome. Make sure you've subscribed to all the, the points, all the places. Just go to tvpodcastindustries.com. You name it. Spotify, podcast catchers, left, right, Apple, uh, iTunes, yeah, no, just wherever you are, we're there. We, we, we make sure, Derek makes sure we're just there. So just go subscribe in all the places. Leave us a review, rate us. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. It is important. If you really want to support us further, why not head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries where you can support us for any amount on an ongoing basis. Or if you want to do a one-off donation, why not head to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can buy our illustrious editor literally a coffee as he toils away the holiday hours editing our dulcet tones into your ear files and into your ear lobes. There you go. Into your ear files? Yes, it's a file that goes in your ear. (laughs) Everything's a computer now, it is. is. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back for the other two episodes of The Witcher. See you next time. And of course, at this time of year, please share the podcast because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing Sharing the the Christmas love. love. Yes, it is. Thanks, guys. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Thank you, fellow witches, for joining us. Uh, be sure to be back for episodes three and four of The Witcher. In the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and, of course, keep bathing. Bye. 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 Bye.